3: From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You
1: are listening to
3: Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bow. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul.
2: Uh, Mississippi State baseball beating me all kinds of live endorsements. Uh, the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game this morning, 11 a.m. Who are they playing, like Arkansas Pine Bluff? Okay, I saw a bunch of letters. Um, yeah, so that's an 11 a.m. first pitch. Um, if you're not in the left field lounge right now, you're not a real fan. And I'm dying on that hill. The Out of Bounds Show ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by the, we'll go Donald Sutherland, 16-ounce filet, side of scallops, Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Um, Donald Sutherland, when he was here in the mid-90s, he's the only guy that I've ever witnessed order a 16-ounce filet as an appetizer. That's a large man. That's
4: manly of him.
2: That is very manly. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. We'll have Mike Dettillier at 830, um, Tom Lugan, Bill at 930. They'll both join us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. And looking forward to hanging out with uh, with those guys, doing a little storytelling. You can hit us up on the Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line, 601 Seven zero seven thirty seven fifty. seven thirty3750 uh twitter handle at bow bounds and then your uh what was mississippi ag is now ag up equipment ag up equipment text line is 601-885-3776 blake we have a baseball game at 11 a.m yeah, yeah it takes this me, morning takes me
4: back to my minor league days yeah,
2: that's right. When you would play in tournaments, you play at all different times.
4: Oh, oh I, yeah, that too. But I was also thinking when with the M Braves because oh. we would do about six what they called like uh, uh, they called them like uh, what was it? like field trip Take days. Take the students or to, yeah to the ballparks. Yeah, like the M do that. Kids. That's what I was yeah. So when I called the M that's what we would do about five or six of those at home every yeah. year. Wow. Um, the players hated it. I mean, 11 a.m. is just a tough time to get up and play. So. Well,
2: their bodies are, their clock is to stay up a little bit later, sleep in a little bit. Yeah, and uh, they're not,
4: usually not playing until 6 or 7. Right. Um,
2: so Which you know this, and Pete Lavin can't do anything about it, but minor league baseball should start at 535. I don't disagree at all. Um, no. If you wanted to catch more of the professional, uh, see, there, there's a rule that, and I know men and women love sports, but there's kind of an unwritten rule that once you go home,
4: you don't go back out. Well, it's yeah. tough,
2: yeah. especially if you have kids and, and a wifey. And so, but guys can um, can leave work, okay, leave your business, your company, whatever, go to the ballpark, get there about 520. Order a Coors Light. Yes. Order some peanuts or some nachos. Those
4: helmet nachos.
2: Yeah. Mm. And hang out for yeah. about an hour to an hour and a half. Be
4: home by seven thirty-five. And 8 then o'clock. you're you're yeah. still
2: you're still you're just kind of in the doghouse.
4: Yeah.
2: And, and you ask you know for
4: forgiveness later. Yeah right but you could get away with that twice a month easily with, yeah. your, with your friends yeah, yeah, yeah. if not once a week depending on who it is and yeah. so
2: i you know to me if minor league baseball did a five thirty, 530, five thirty five first 535 with first pitch with i don't you. care where you are i don't care if you're here or in greenville south yeah. carolina just or Chattanooga. Local,
4: time, local time 535 absolutely. yeah i'm with you absolutely I, i'm 100
2: with you me. you could have a better opportunity to get Four to six dudes over and compound that,
4: you know. Especially on... Or
2: some, you know, some couples, however it works, but... Uh,
4: especially on your thirsty Thursday nights yeah. or, or your $20, like, uh, I know the Embraves do the uh, the get-in-for-a-Jackson on, like, Wednesdays every now and then, so it's like 20 bucks for two hot dogs, two Cokes, and two tickets, right? Right. Like, if you start those games at 5.30, how many more people are coming to do that, you know? I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. But that's not... That's done by minor league baseball big boys so I don't, that ain't a big deal yeah. no
2: no 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 it's not yeah. it's not Pete. but I, I think if you moved it up a, a, with an you. hour it would well, it would make a a a big difference and even if you're just talking about you know 100 people here 100 people there but you you throw that over 70 home games it's a big, i think a big you're number. cooking with gas yeah. and and somebody is they'll go get a beer and some peanuts or a beer and a hot dog or like you said, those helmet nachos that are delicious, and you can you. you can rock with your buddies. From you get there a little early, you know, from five twenty to seven, and be home at seven twenty, and you're. It's a beautiful and it's daylight savings time. There's still plenty of yeah. daylight up and running. There you if you need to fire up the grill or or you know make some spaghetti or or whatever. Craig, Craig <laughs> just weighed in. I would go then, you know, and uh, so we just found one. I mean, it's one at a time. It's yeah. a marathon, not a sprint. It's a marathon. Um, Speaking of baseball, <clears throat> 11 a.m. first pitch, yeah. if you're not out in Duty Noble Field right now, you're yeah. not a real fan. Yeah,
4: no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, how about the fact that we had over 60,000 people attend the three, the six total games, right, in, in Mississippi State and Ole it's Miss? It's incredible. When you started this job in sports radio, did you think, baseball I mean baseball was big but did you even did you think we'd have 60,000 no. over over two three game series never
2: yeah. thought that that number that you just threw out it's crazy isn't it i love it I, I love how rabid the two fan bases are i'll say this about mississippi state it's a good thing you got a national championship cuz now with jay johnson going to lsu and slash Nagel going to a&m and uh, Am I missing one? No, those are the big ones. Um, And Oklahoma and Texas coming to the party? Yeah. If you thought, and it was, it was difficult. I've told this story over, and I don't think I've done it justice. I had no idea how hard it was for a team that you follow to win a national championship, period, but in baseball, holy smokes. And to go ahead and get that big banner and get that big trophy in the modern era, when it counts, when nobody can take it from you, and so on is huge because Archie and Florida State are the two big boys that haven't had one, and Ole Miss is right behind them because all three have wonderful baseball programs. And to make that march and that grind, I just I didn't realize it. I just did not. Even having been out to Omaha three times prior to going last year, mm-hmm. uh, I'd never seen Mississippi State win. And they had been bounced so much and so early over the years. Other than when Jake got there and they kind of, well, I'm sorry, Cohen in 13. And then, and that was Adam Frazier, Renfro, right. but, but, but right. Jake and, and that crew driving them through and what they started doing with Cohen is they started winning some games. You got to go out there and win some games.
4: You got to stay there.
2: And yet you've yeah. got to hang around for a week to a week and a half. Yeah. And Cohen drove that team. And then Jake Mangum drove them twice, and then I may be missing one. And then this past year, as we all know, oh, yeah. they didn't just go. They stayed for, for 14 nights. And I told you about my buddy who spent over $20,000.
4: crazy. Who yeah. got
2: there two nights before the thing even started.
4: Yeah. so Rookie mistake there. Getting there that <laughs> yeah. early. I don't know but, if yeah. he
2: didn't look. And see that they weren't doing he the big just didn't uh think about it. He what's just, it called? The big ceremony? Yeah. I don't o- know. Opening ceremonies. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to that. But no. but I get it. If you have he has like a he has like a, a three, a five, and a seven year old. Which I think I mean his wife is one of the, you know, uh, I guess most kindest yeah, chill people. They drove yeah. out there and stayed for like sixteen no. nights.
4: ResDog says, no, Bo, you forget it's not hard to get to Omaha. Unnamed Texture says, gate's not open, but we're on the way right I now. I
2: love that. Somebody's listening in Stark, Vegas, Mississippi, either on the Out of Bounds radio app or the Zone1059.com or the I Radio app or whatever. Kudos to you. Thank you, thank you for listening not only in market but out of market. Um, I, I want to drop some more Larry the Cable Guy audio because I'm having fun with that. And then we'll have Mike. We'll go serious sports at 8.30. This is serious sports talk radio at 8.30 with Mike Detillier and Tom Luganville at 9.30 on the Bucked Up.
4: some kind of way out of
2: here uh it's national supermarket employee day shout out to all of our friends at corner market in bellhaven best neighborhood ever to grow up in corner market fondren another neighborhood i lived in and corner market Northside drive a place that i spent a lot of time still do of course i hit Bravo as much as I can. I haven't hit it in the last couple of weeks, so may need to uh, dive into a little Bravo Italian restaurant and bar, but Corner Market is the official grocery store of the Out of Bounds show, and um, it's National Supermarket Employee Day. We've, we've had it from Corner Market, uh, which is awesome, and um, that's where you load up your fridge and refrigerator with premium meats, fresh produce, and uh, phenomenal. Craft Beer Corner Market, over 20 locations in the state of Mississippi. Uh, MSU will play at 11 a.m. today. Uh, we've already heard from someone who is on their way to Duty Noble Field.
4: How early? Would you go to an 11 a.m. game?
2: I would. Okay. I would. Yeah. I know that surprises you, but. Uh, it
4: did, actually.
2: I'm, I am I would actually, I'm to the point in my life. Like, you know how you see all these guys complaining on, like, the message boards are six pack or Ole Miss boards about early games.
4: Oh, for football!
2: Yeah, I love. Yeah. them. and here's why. Yeah, we've had um, this
4: conversation. Yeah, one if if you're
2: if you're already there. Okay, this is all contingent on whether you live in Starkville and Oxford or within about a thirty minute radius, thirty mile, and 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 or if you have a condo or a home. Yep. If you have that, an eleven a.m. game to me is now. Do, do I wish it would be an eleven twenty five kick? And I know that sounds crazy, 11-30, but those 25 to 30 minutes are great. Um, I'm no longer power tailgating except one game a year. Yeah. And so um, for me and what we do, Blake, and what <laughs> yeah. I want to do, I want to consume a lot of football on a smart TV. Yep. And I love game day at my house. We live on a lake. It's pretty. I like it. You know, what you know, we bought a a fishing cabin, added on. It's really cool. Um and and I love that game day and and so on. But an eleven AM, wish it was eleven twenty-five, eleven thirty, and you can get out of there by two ish. Yep. And then I can go watch a boatload of games, get the grill going, get yep. the wings, get whatever I'm doing. Uh, I've got the cold, you know, I'm back wherever I am. I've got the cold beer. I've got Modelo. I've got wings. I may have some Rotel and I've got, I've got Georgia playing. I've got LSU in Florida or, or this and this. And, um, you know, Arkansas playing Auburn and, and I'm going into the evening into the whole feast, you know, y'all like, well, y'all lifestyle slash whiskey 61 feast time where you're going to smash a steak or something great on the grill. For me now, I'm good. And I don't care. You and I get up early anyway, and so does most everybody listening. Um, 8 o'clock kickoffs, no thank you. 7 o'clock kickoffs, no thank you. 6 o'clock kickoffs, no thank you. 5 is okay. There's this 3 o'clock thing that State and Ole Miss grab every now and then on the SEC network. And I don't know what the new TV rights – media rights deal is going to look like when it's all under Disney and ABC and no ESPN CBS, and the yeah. SEC network. But and even if they want to kick it, you know, but again, if you want to throw it back to Jefferson pilot time, which I think JP was 1130 kick or like 1137 or 38 or whatever. Um, I am all about that. I've heard there's been some strong discussions within the Birmingham SEC offices around Hey, if we just kick this thing back 30 minutes to an hour, uh, now if you're on Eastern Time, you're bleeding into 1231. Okay. Uh, But Central Time, I can handle 1130 or noon. And people talk about it being hot. It's going to be hot regardless in September. It doesn't matter. Um, But I like to, Blake, I like to consume a lot of TV now. I mean,. A lot of football on a smart TV in a, in an air-conditioned yeah. place by a refrigerator with my beverage of choice with food on the, on the island and whatever yeah. I want on the grill. And three hours, I can go about three hours, 320, 340, but I looked it up, you and I did bleeding. a few weeks ago. How many mm-hmm. of these are bleeding to three hours and 50
4: minutes? Is unacceptable. Yeah, that's okay with me. We, you, you're, you. I think you're in the vast minority. I don't, because according to this who,
2: article, people were like, get upset. They want football. more of an NFL clock, yeah. and to get out. What the one thing I love about the Saints games is, and I've been to so many over the last uh, fifteen years. Well, I mean, I went a lot in the '80s, but that didn't count because they were terrible. Um, but when you go to a Saints game, you get there at on a noon kick. You're out at three. On a 315, you're out at 615.
4: Yeah, I mean... Run the clock. The college football gameplay is fine. It's all the extra breaks that they do. The 20-minute halftime is unnecessary, but the college gameplay game is is a beautiful game, and it's, well, I to me... But I, that's
2: not where the trend is going according to people who are... Yeah. You're, they're polling. People don't want to be there for almost four yeah. hours.
4: See, and I to me, it's like the consumption of football is better at home anyway at this point. You only go to a game for the experience of being with friends and like in the stadium. If you're really if you're trying to watch football and consume it and like talk about it, there's only one option and it's to watch it all from one place. Like the 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 ability to consume TV or football on TV is so great now and such a good experience that if you're doing what we do, it's the only way to do it. Yeah. In reality, going to games is not beneficial to this no. job. And I
2: like it. Like now, now once I get there,
4: yeah, and okay. if you have
2: the right people with, and you. and
4: I, I I do. That's the
2: point. I mean, I'm not. I'm have, at a point in my life where I'm gonna have the right yeah. people around me in any, yeah, you know, business, socially, yeah. you know, um, if I have to cut the the fat, I, I'll <laughs> do it. And, and 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 I want the projects that I want, do what I want, so on. Now I think I've worked uh, long enough and hard enough. Um, but but that's a great point, Blake. So you, you want to be with the right people. Now I'm about to make a run where my two kids are going to be in college and you have to have a tailgating presence uh yeah you don't have to but it's it, they, it's it's kind of a place for them to gravitate yeah, toward yeah. i think i will be retiring effective immediately as soon as my youngest is is done so you get with six that. years well yeah. and i think what i've what the way that i've read the tea leaves is you don't have to do it all for you they need a place their first couple of years Okay, but once they get up into that junior senior level, it's not as
4: yeah. But with you being back to back, you'll you'll cover all of Ella Hall. Yeah, because you'll I have will. to to cover, I will. to get Wilk to cover all Ella Hall. So. And
2: and so I'm gonna go through that.
4: Yeah, but
2: I'm not as mad at it, to especially in September. Yeah. You know, I've talked about this. Key is
4: being in a group. Don't yeah. don't try to take it on.
3: Oh, I'm not it's all, it's all I'm about, not doing
4: all that. All no, about no, no, latching no, 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 no. onto a group no, and just no. being like, Here's my money. I'll show up, you know, yes. four Saturdays yes. a year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it, because it's really <laughs> only one to two good games
4: that you can tailgate. About. Yeah.
2: Um uh last year I was in Stark, well, I don't remember when it was, but I think it was late October, early November. And it it felt great. Yeah. And it was a day that you can hang out for several hours on campus and feel good. And it's just, you know, whether you're in Starkville, Oxford, Tuscaloosa, that, yeah. that's a good day. The problem is four of the home games Aren't worth are not it. even. Yeah. I mean, I'm not interested. But I hopefully, do it, but it's not
4: Hopefully that changes when we go to the nine-game conference schedule with the expanded teams. And if we add this kind of new re- wrinkle of playoff, we'll also get more games later in the year, which means more for the South, more... Cool weather football I don't know if you can call it cold weather football, but but cool weather football. I see what you're saying. Is it bad if
2: once my kids go through that I'm only gonna be about a two game a year guy?
4: Yeah, I don't think so at all. I think that's normal people.
2: And I'm not sure
4: what it's gonna take for me to go to non conference home games. Have to be power five for sure. Have to be a team you care about. You know? Team you want to see. I mean, is anybody busting down the doors to go see Wofford? I want to go out to Arizona, though. Do you really? Yeah, it's fun. It's a different place. I like going to new stadiums. That's Uh, fun to me. I, I used to.
2: I mean, Tucson doesn't sound awesome to me. I mean, now Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona State, Tempe, I'm in. Mike Dettelier coming up next, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. Mike D on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Look for the deer with the antlers. All right, good morning, welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Sound. Sound, 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 and communication. Soundcomab.com. Soundcomab.com. For all your audio, visual. And uh, they've worked with Power 5 programs, G5 programs, junior colleges, and high schools, sports facilities, churches, businesses, to make sure that you... Have it right. Soundcom AV.com. We welcome in our friend Mike D. Mike D'Atelier, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. And he joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Mike, how's Mardi Gras going?
3: It's fine. Um, had a really great time. Uh, rode in the crew of Mad Hatters out in Metairie uh, Saturday. And um, so, been great. So, got a couple more rides and then. <laughs> Uh, It's all over, but, um, you know, it's it's different because of, uh, you know, not being able to to ride last year and and enjoy Mardi Gras and uh, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, it's been great. It's been unbelievable.
2: Yeah, no doubt. As long as you've been doing it, um, are you a big bead thrower or have you retired?
3: Uh, Today... Beads are still a big thing for us throwing, uh, I buy more beads than anything else. Uh, but, um, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff, uh, you know, animals start thing and uh, footballs, that sort of thing that I, oh, yeah. so yeah, it's, um uh, it, it's, it's part of the deal, uh, the bead, uh, it's, uh. Yeah, one time, probably when I first started writing years ago, uh, the the balloon was a big thing, you know, throwing the the metal doubloon. But um, that isn't nearly as in vogue uh, Mm. as it was back then. Which shameful, uh, because uh, that that was a big thing. But man, it caused a ruckus. You throw a couple, you know, beads at a time. Uh, you know, is one thing. You Throw a couple doubloons, man. Um, you know, you can cause quite a quite a stir in a crew. <laughs> uh,
2: all right. So, what's the most amount of money you've heard of a group spending to do their Mardi Gras parade float party? Whatever, however y'all frame it
3: up, Mike D. I don't know. Um, I don't know about a group spend. I know individuals, kind of what they spend. Um, so, yeah, it's, we talking in the thousands, plural, on throws and that sort of thing. And then you you know, kick in everything else, Mardi Gras balls and tableaus and everything else. Yeah, you into it pretty good. I love it.
2: I love it. Mike D on the Out of Bounds show, <laughs> WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. All right, Mike, let, let's jump into a little – I know we've got a long time, but let, let's do a little NFL draft tied in maybe to both quarterbacks in the first round and then the NFC South. Um, you know, the NFC South's in a weird spot because I'm not sure anybody has a quarterback. I mean, I guess Matt Ryan, although he's on the back nine. Tampa Bay's looking, New Orleans looking, maybe Carolina's looking. Um do you think all three – I mean, I know two of the three are looking. Do you think Carolina's looking for a QB, too, or are they going to ride with Sam Darnold?
3: Well, I think they'll ride a while with Sam Darnold, but they're looking to improve that area. I think, you you know, you saw the yin and the yang of, of Sam Darnold last year. Uh, early on, I thought he, he looked confident through the football well and he was accurate, and then that all came apart once Christian McCaffrey got hurt. And things centered around him, and he wasn't quite the same guy. Uh, so I think they're no doubt looking because I think Matt Rule knows that uh, his future now, you know, is is in the hands of Sam Darnold, because, you know, he kind of went to the mat saying, this is the guy that can take us there. And his owner's worth, you know, over $20 billion, it's difficult to go back to the boss and say I think I made a mistake. Uh, yeah, that's not going to go over well. In Atlanta, I think because of Matt's age and contract, uh, you're going to keep him this year. But what happens next? Uh, especially with a new regime, uh, new coach, new you know Terry Fontenot running the front office, that um, they would have they would at least glance if, if it came right. New Orleans, no doubt, um, looking to find somebody outside the room, which would, I think, mean a veteran quarterback. And Tampa, I think, is the same way. I think that they would look around to find a veteran quarterback. So I think, in essence, all four in the right situation are looking to upgrade that area.
2: So we know... Dennis Allen is a heck of a defensive coordinator. But unless he at least, you don't have to get a great, but unless he he lands on a good QB in New Orleans sooner than later, then his stint with Houdat Nation will be short-lived. Right, Mike?
3: He's stuck in neutral. He's got to be able to elevate that quarterback position. If not, you know, he's stuck in neutral. Uh, because defensively he has the tools, he has the players. Same thing on special teams. Uh, He's got bits and pieces on offense, though that needs to be upgraded at wide receiver and also at tight end and some clarity along the offensive line. And you may have a player in Teron Armstead who is immensely gifted and arguably one of the top two or three tackles in the game, but he can't stay healthy. Uh, for an entire season, and his contract's coming up. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, you know, because I've, I've talked to a couple of agents who feel as though he's going to sign a $40 million-plus deal, and that that, I, that would seem highly unlikely with the Saints. And then you have the, the quarterback position. So I think unless he solves that issue and he – also is filling some big moccasins, okay? For most Saints fans, or for many of them, I should say, they don't remember uh, pre-Sean Payton (laughs) (laughs) when it was a revolving door at the head coaching spot. And some of it certainly had to do at the quarterback's position, but, boy, I'm just telling you, uh, and it's tough to follow the man. Yeah, it's tough to follow the guy that has taken you to heights no other coach in Saints history ever took him. Uh, Jim Mora won here, but he didn't win. He never won a playoff game. Never won a playoff game. Uh, yeah, they had a Hall of Fame coach in Hank Stram, but he didn't win anything here. Uh, you know, Bum was a really good coach, uh, but I think by the time Bum got here. Uh, maybe his fastball wasn't th- at the same speed No question that it was when he was in Houston. Um, Mike Ditko, he won big in Chicago, no question about that. And it should have been a much longer run. Uh, but Mike being Mike, it, it kind of came apart. But he didn't win anything here either. So now you following the guy. And it, it's going to be tough on Dennis Allen. He can only do what's best for him and be his own guy, but it's a difficult circumstance, especially with question marks. Outside of your wheelhouse, at quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, you got to get Michael Thomas back healthy. The ongoing saga on the uh, issues – Involving Alvin Kamara. And most likely his first year as a head coach, Alvin's not going to be there for the first six to eight weeks of the season. Right. <laughs> that. So you already have that on your plate. Okay. This. Um. I have a coaching friend of mine who always tells me when a coaching job comes open, it's not because everything's real good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's absolutely right. You know, they're they bringing you in to fix issues. And, you know, and, and I think Sean knew it was time to leave and he had done his time here and he had done what he had set out to accomplish and he wished he would have won more in the postseason. But, man, he is filling in some moccasins that are huge and they have a generation or so of Saints fans that all they want to talk about, is double digit wins and winning in the playoffs. That's all they want to talk about. Nothing else. Oh. They don't want to hear about reload the gun. You know, it's not, <laughs> that's not something they're used to hearing. And somewhere down the line, unless you can fix the quarterback position, you're going to have some issues.
2: Yikes. Okay. So free agent or draft? Can they move up? What, what, what are you thinking, Mike D, uh, in Las Vegas in a couple of months?
3: I think that the Saints will probably uh, bring in a – this is just my opinion because I knew Sean did not want to go the route of the draft. Mm-hmm. I think he felt you know, that he had a veteran team. He wanted to win now, and if he was going to do something, it was going to be for a veteran quarterback. I'm not you know, certain about Allen's thoughts on how he wants to build a team but you know you pick a young quarterback you're going to go through the growing pains with him too Mm -hmm. that's what makes me believe that he will go and try to get a veteran quarterback i think that they'll throw their hat in the ring to try to get russell wilson if they can do it remains to be seen if not the two viable options would one be teddy bridgewater in denver Uh, because of his familiarity with the system and some of the coaches here, in particular in Pete Carmichael, are with Jameis Winston. So I don't see them drafting a quarterback in round one. Even if one was available for them to select, I I think they go the veteran route. So if you have these issues at wide receiver and at tight end, and you got to sort of revamp your offensive line if Armstead decides to leave and you don't, you know, you can't buckle up money then are you going to bring in a young quarterback in your first year too? Mm-hmm. Uh that that's the feeling about quarterback is something when I asked Dennis and we had an opportunity to meet with him after his press conference, he said, I think it's the most important position on the team and we have to be uh, get some clarification on that. And be, he's basically telling you I want a veteran quarterback, but he didn't come out and say it. Right. But I can read in between the lines on what he meant.
2: Okay. Mike Natelier, Saints Insider, NFL Draft Insider, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. Mike joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. All right, let's switch gears to uh, the draft. Um, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Malik Willis. I actually think over the next two months and one week that their value will go up, 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 up just because of what, what you just said about Dennis Allen talking about the most important position on the field. Mike, are you with me? Do you think that uh, at least two of the four, if not three of the four, maybe more, that their value will go up exponentially over the next uh, 10 weeks?
3: Yeah, I think you're looking at three first-round picks uh, with Malik, uh, Pickett, Corral. Sam Howell, I think, is the one guy that you probably have the biggest difference of opinion on. Uh, I think you know the the one thing with the NFL draft, the biggest misperception is that everybody thinks the same about a player. And that's totally untrue. Listen, they got division on that type player in the same room, you know, scouts, director of player personnel, head coach, whatever. So you're not going to have the same idea about a player. But I think three of those guys going around one. Now, how they fall will be interesting. There's not enough veteran quarterbacks to go around. And you're looking at about more than a third of the league looking to upgrade their quarterback position. It's got to come from somewhere. And the NFL draft does give you that particular spot to upgrade. So you hear some really good news about some of those players and the agents for those others will put out bad information on those players. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and now they got people that write on the, about the draft that, uh, I hate to say it, I I have no idea who they are, Uh, you know. So, you know, now today you got a website or a podcast or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, and and I get it every day um, from agents who send me information on players that they have and, you know, sort of give you nothing positive about something somebody else has that they don't have. So you you understand that sort of information is going to come out. It, it, it does each and every year, the good and the bad. But I really agree with you. I, I think all four will see their stock elevate. Three of the four will go in round one. And potentially, you could see a fourth going round one. Uh, again, this is not like running for a president and you piling up electoral votes. All you need is one team to pick you. Only one.
2: Right. That's right. So um, I think think two could go in the top 10.
3: I think one will. I think you'll probably see one go in the teens. So I think in the top 20, you'll see two. And then after that, that's where there are some teams in the early 20s. Where you could see a team get a third, and then late in the draft in round one, is there a team picking at the top part of round two who's looking to upgrade that quarterback position? Would they be willing to trade up to assure themselves of that quarterback? And where you see a lot of movement over the last few years on that back end of round one, where teams get a little bit itchy. You know, I want a certain player and maybe make that move to get him. So uh, that's just my thought. I think you'll see one in the top 10, one between 11 and 20, and one between 21 and 25 or 26. And then afterwards, that's the big flip of the coin uh, on who maybe gets a little itchy that let's say a guy like Sam Howell uh, is still around. And I don't think he can get there to where I picked Some team maybe make a move to get him.
2: Yeah. Okay. Mike D'Atelier, uh WWL Radio TV, New Orleans, on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Um. So, would you be surprised at all if Jacksonville decided to trade out at one and somebody did make a run if they fall in love? How about this? If they've already fallen in love, and they're just not telling anybody on a QB, or over the next eight weeks if they fall in love with one of them with all the interviews and the on-campus stuff and so on, Mike?
3: I would be surprised they move all the way up to one because it would be really costly um, for you to get that. And that's not a quarterback worth that this year. Um, I think the debate for Jacksonville will be what will they do at one Because I think for most people, Aiden Hutchinson is the top guy on the board. But, you know, for Jacksonville, and you've got a young quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence that you need to protect, Evan Neal would make a lot of sense to me from Alabama if I keep that pick. The fact that he has played both right and left tackle. (laughs) He is a huge man and uh, very athletic. And he needs a little bit of, you know, work around the edges. But, man, he's immensely gifted uh, as an offensive lineman. I don't see a team that would make that move to get to the top overall spot for a quarterback. Uh, The big question mark is where does Jacksonville go with that pick? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because of the fact, I think Hutchinson is probably the top guy on most people's boards. But. You know Neil, you know is going to be a, one, two, or three on everybody's board, and he fills the biggest need position. That is to protect your huge investment in Trevor Lawrence. Right. Hmm. All right. And then Derek Stingley becomes the wild, the wildest of the wild cards. Uh, athletically. He may be the most gifted guy in this draft class, but he's missed so much of the last two seasons. He was a freshman All-American. He looked like he would redefine that position at LSU. There have been very few guys that have come in here as a freshman, take over that cornerback spot uh, like what Derek did on that national championship season. And they weren't throwing the football at him as a true freshman. And then you look at the last two years, he's had a number of injuries. And um, so that's going to be in question on exactly where you sort of feel things would go with Sting. He becomes the wildest of the wild card. And and Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, a hybrid safety linebacker. And in this world today, how you use that guy is – is interesting because you see him used all kind of different ways. True, He becomes an interesting player, too, in that top five or six uh, because I don't see him getting out of there. Even though if you look back at draft history over the last few years, the only safety that's been a top seven or eight pick has been Jamal Adams from LSU. Mm-hmm. And you, you look, at, look at Jamal, who's five-foot, Ten and three quarters. And you look at Kyle, who's six foot four. You know he's he's a different player, different style player. Great in coverage, can play to run well. They didn't use him a lot coming off the edge as a blitzer, but he can do that extremely well. Um, he's going to be intriguing. This is a meat and potato draft with a lot of linemen that'll go early. So and again, because of the wide receiver position is so thick each and every year, that's going to come into play uh, once you get probably past the top ten picks. But all these linemen, if it's Cross from Mississippi State, or Ikram from North Carolina State, or Evan Neal or Tyler Lindenbaum from uh, uh, Iowa, you got a ton of offensive linemen that'll go in round one. And defensive linemen, same sort of situation. It has its own little draft pattern. And this draft pattern is certainly about the big man.
2: Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Uh yep. top twenty, Mike? Where do you where do you have it?
3: For me, he's a top ten pick.
2: Nice. I think his best uh, his, football is in front of him, for sure.
3: Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, that I agree with you. A uh, really good pass protector, and you saw his growth in that area and his techniques and his footwork and him physically getting a little stronger, and I think he can even continue to get better in those areas. Uh, but, man, he, he is gifted, uh, and you he just is. saw the way he can protect that blind side of a quarterback you got a lot you got a lot riding on that QB keeping him upright. Yeah. And so I think he becomes a uh, top 10 or 12 pick in the draft, no question. But for me, he's a top 10 guy.
2: He's a super kid, too. Uh Mike Detilier, NFL Draft Insider, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. And he joined us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Mike D, enjoy Mardi Gras. We'll talk soon.
3: Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
2: That was fun. Mike Dettelier on the Saints, a little QB. The NFC South, Blake, is in this crazy transition right now at the quarterback position. And what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? Is he going to be a Texan? Or is he going to land somewhere else in the offseason? We're live in the Bank Plus studio, Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone, is brought to you by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs.